Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. If I'm going to be sad about something, why don't I find light in something else? Mm. It feels like wishing that those around you aren't having babies too, and I'd never want that. Hello. Oh, God. What are you? Horrendous. <laughs> what are you, my elderly neighbour? <laughs> your sister's listening through headphones and I'm so sorry. That was painful. Very bad. Hello. Hello. <laughs> oh, God, great. It's a weird fucking owl from number six again. Um, how are you? Hello. 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 I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. Um, tell me, let's start this Monday off with a smile. Something good, please. Uh, something good? Okay. Let me just refer to my notes because I can never remember. I have to write it all down. Oh, yes. This is my good. I feel like I found my people, my tribe. You know, Where? your vibe attracts your tribe, kind of thing. Someone if it's on... anything to do with pistachios, I don't want to know. No, it's not. Okay, but I did just buy a pistachio cake, which I'm excited to try. Um, someone sent me this reel on Instagram and was like, "I feel like you're the only person who gets this." And the reel is POV: you have reverse seasonal depression and are happiest in moody gloomy weather and the real is just a bunch of beautiful winter scapes i don't know if that's i word. knew you'd shit all over this sunshine i knew it i was like this is gonna have to be it's not my bad i've got plenty of other bads today but i i knew <laughs> my bad would be that you're shitting on the weather i am fully shitting on the weather but i'm happy because i found my people no one ever seems to agree with me everyone's always like why are you being such a bitch a miserable <laughs> bitch and now i found people 118 people like that real 118? Yeah, 118. 118118? <laughs> okay. That means that there are people like me in the world. Very I am few. happy. Like, it's like seven, that's a lot of people. Out of 7 billion? Yeah, well, how many people are going to have seen that real realistically? I could find out. I won't. I'm not petty. I'm so, You're I'm so petty. petty. You're so petty. <laughs> I'm so petty. Okay. But there um, we go. You're good. Well, my good is partially the sun. No. Fine, <laughs> fine, 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 fine. Can't right, that's not good. my good. My good, actually, my good is you. Because you, last week, found me vegan white Aww. chocolate cookies. And they arrived in the post. And it was... The post of dreams. You know they how much so I hate the post. I fucking hate even parcels I don't open. <laughs> but that I saw a little cupcake on the packet. I saw a little like, sticker of a cupcake, and I thought, "This is too good to what?" Could they, what I'll open that. Yeah. I'll open that. And I'm so happy that I did. They were so. They good. were so good. So thank you so much. Al got me some white chocolate cookies because last week I said I hadn't had one in like 15 years, <laughs> yeah. and they were so good. Vegan. And you said that. Alex was going to buy you some and didn't. And, didn't, and yeah. then you were going to do it and you're like, it's so, so sad to buy it for myself. So it's like, right, I will buy it. Thank you. Um, it would have been sad to buy them for myself, but now I don't even care. Like, I'm going to have to do a real buy them for myself. Yeah, they were They're called, so good. the, the, the uh, bakery was called Vegan Antics. It was so good. It was good. like the perfect mix of crispy on the outside and gooey on the inside. I've, and, yeah, I've not oh. eaten them all because I got eight. 
um, and it's only been two yeah. days. So and I'm so I've not eaten them all, but um, I'm I'm gonna have one when I get home, and I'm already oh, excited. Yeah. I'm gonna put so it in the good. oven and warm it up a bit. I have to say that I'm still a bit, and I really hate myself for saying this, but when things are vegan that are very dairy y do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like you worry like a, that they won't a white be chocolate cookie. Like that is just dairy. Yeah. So I'm always a bit like, is it actually gonna taste good? But that tasted better to me than I said to you it's the best cookie I've ever eaten yeah anyway so, so yeah. good yeah it's so good speaking of I had this the brand you know like the this isn't brand the supermarket stuff for a barbecue oh yes we yes, had yes. that last night and I swear to god like I haven't eaten meat in like five years oh. but it tasted I was like the fuck but really? it tasted like meat but did you try the bacon no I had the but I'm I intrigued about I that wasn't, I'll try it I've got some at home because oh, they sent yeah. me some to try but I've, I'm not really a bacon girl but I had the burger Oh shit! Like it was, I mean, it just tasted like a burger. Mm, do you have cheese on top? No. No. Okay. No. No. So no. That's actually made my mouth water thinking about all of that. We keep talking about what we're going to have for lunch. Maybe that's what you should have. I know. Um, okay. Anything I, bad? Of course. <laughs> Hit me. Well, I, I wrote this on the way in, and I feel like I've cheered up a little bit since, but I haven't been in the worst mood today. Like fa- foul, foul, oh, good, foul. I asked on Instagram, like, is there a reason? Is it, is it mercury? Is it Moon? No, it's the Related. sun. It's the sun. Is it, it's, it's just the, you the and those 118 sun. people. I wake up, I go to bed hot, I wake up hot, and I don't, and I'm trying to find an aircon unit. Yeah. But for some reason, that is more difficult than it sounds. 118 people bought them ahead of you. <laughs> exactly. They're fucking me over. <laughs> I don't know, I'm in a grunt. I must you be are. hormonal. I'm in, a yeah. I'm in a bad mood. Yeah. File. Yeah. I don't deserve nice things. <laughs> no. No, that's why I didn't bring you a cookie today. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, fair. Okay, What's your bad? I I went for wax two weeks ago. It's, well done. It's growing back. So. Has it? Well, no, that's that's. I mean, that Already? that's to be expected. Yeah, oh, it's, is it's it? It's starting to grow back. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. But it's itchy. <laughs> Not like it's I just, just imagine this all like boom, like going straight back to what <laughs> no, it was. No, it's just the regrowth is oh, starting, it's and it's itchy, and mm. that is my bad. That's the start and finish of yeah. my bad. That and the fact my back hurts, but I'll, I can get over that. But it's itchy no matter what you do. That's the thing. It's so annoying. Like I, I just because my scar's itchy at the moment because I think it's we're going to the next level of uh, healing yeah. so between that and my itchy pialbs I'm just oh, no. scratching just constantly just, I'm like a set of pests I'm just standing there scratching all the time it's, see now I'm thinking about it I'm like oh it's so itchy <laughs> but it's because I get that from shaving as well do you? yeah oh, whatever I, I do shaving. any type of hair removal it's itchy growing back yeah and sometimes you just need a good scratch <laughs> but Sounds it's not well. becoming it is it's really not becoming wow. and even when you're doing it to yourself you're like Ugh. This should have been my bad or my awkward at some point, but it wasn't. Maybe I'll use it for my awkward today, actually. Okay, I'll use it for my awkward today. So I was having that exact same situation. It was itchy and I lost concentration or like zoned out and didn't know where I was. And I was actually in the kitchen of my sister's house with her boyfriend <laughs> who was trying to talk to me, but I was not on this universe. Like I was not with it at all. And I just absentmindedly <laughs> reached down and just scratched my fanny and he was like I don't know what you just did but like I feel like this has just changed the dynamic between us like irreparably and I was like I am so sorry <laughs> I, I don't blame you how about oh, that I just wrote it down like did you go under no I think I went I think I just had a dress on so I just went over oh, it's almost worse going over <laughs> do you know what I mean it's so just like animalistic <laughs> isn't it feral <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh god. Gorgeous. Oh that's rank. Okay, yeah, that's nice. That's um, 
my awk- I've literally just given myself I had another awkward I'll save it I've just given myself the biggest <laughs> so the two loos are out of order in the studio that we're in so yeah. there's only the disabled and baby changing loo yeah. and so I was weeing in there and yeah. I heard somebody outside and I had this moment I was sitting on the loo and I was like did I lock the door because oh, I could no. hear people clapping oh, no. so I was like did I lock it so I stood up like I finished the wee but then I stood jeans around my ankles and waddled now they are big rooms so it was a long waddle and I waddled myself to the door to check and it was already locked so then I just had the slow waddle back being oh. like oh never mind but I saw myself in the mirror because it's a big mirror I was like, that's very that's bad that's so icky yeah <laughs> just waddle 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 oh your, your trousers are probably like gathered shit on the floor as well like mopping the floor oh. as you went no they weren't that low down Gorgeous. they were just going lower it was just it was icky. and oh, as I came back in here I was like awful. I'm going to tell her and then I was like I'll just wait five minutes and tell her now <laughs> yeah. so that's nice um, lovely but we've got such a happy episode <gasps> we today. really do we really do um, we brought sunshine into your ears literal Literally. not literal no. metaphorical but hat very much um, sunshine sun- sunshine oh, <laughs> we bought sunshine um Off. We woof. We have Georgie Swallow today on the podcast, who is one of our great friends and one of the greatest human beings that we know. Yep. And it was so wonderful to talk to her. George and I have actually spoken since about about how I'll cry again, but it was it was really emotional. It was it emotional. Was lovely to get to talk to her yeah. in a way that you don't really talk to your friends. Yeah, that much because it's a bit it, intense, unless you're a bit drunk. It opens up, doesn't it? it allows for more of a like a deeper yeah i don't know which is really strange like in a recorded like pr- like more formal setting yeah. but it somehow allows for like a deeper conversation yeah so, it was yeah. very special so i'm personally in love with this episode and i hope you guys love it as much as we do and love georgie as much as we do i just got a reply from dave i have to just tell you he said al why do you hate everyone i don't even know what that means but it's probably referring to something that i did for today let's cheer ourselves up here's the brilliant georgie <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hiya. Hello. Hiya, love. We've got a friend in. We've got a friend. We got. We've got a verified friend in in the in the in the in the studio. She got the blue tick, so she got the spot on the pod. Yeah. I'm very pleased. Same day invitation. <laughs> uh, we joke. You have you've graced listeners' ears before. Yes, you being have. my maternity cover. I have yes, indeed. I so did much. think I was going to get the invite to boot you off and just have me, but apparently it didn't happen. I was <laughs> super tempted. Like so tempted. I was like, this works. Really well. <laughs> Isn't this so funny? <laughs> it's maternity discrimination, but <laughs> whatever. Um, aloha. <laughs> um, oh, George, thanks for coming. No, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. It's going to be weird to interview a friend, isn't it? I know. It's probably because you already it's know funny. everything about me. All the fun stuff. Everything. 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 Every single thing. Everything. I've seen your whole body. Naked. Including your butthole. <laughs> Ex- no, you <laughs> haven't. Have we? <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. Was I going to start that rumor? <laughs> you were asleep. <laughs> but, um, we did the oh, CPT. Yes. Naked... I love how Al heard that and she just sat there going. What's happening here? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is the Sophie Tea. <laughs> yeah. I was um, like, oh, wow. Like, and we did really have to close. do the shower afterwards, which was literally like hosing down a horse after the Grand National. It was literally like getting a broom from the cupboard and one of us standing in the shower and the other one just aggressively scrubbing to try and get all the paint off. That's yeah, for context to listeners, probably. Em and Georgie were covered in paint. You were literally painted head to toe, weren't you, for this show? Head to toe. And you both looked incredible, but it did give me anxiety thinking about having to get that paint off. Oh, it, was, it was awesome. It it, just, it amazed me though because the show was awesome the girls were amazing and I think 
getting out there, getting your kit off was awesome. But some of the girls did it with not even like little nude pants on. Imagine trying to get paint. Off your flaps. Off, yeah. off your flaps. Off those crevices. So, so hang on. So they didn't have pants on. So they, Some of the girls. Carly Rowena, she went fully nude yeah. and I thought that was amazing. It literally is the most insane thing to have that courage and I was so there for it. But it had to be painted. I was going to say, so she would have had to have her flaps painted. Yeah. Because because otherwise, that would, have been, that would have been glaringly non-painted. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> painted apart from the flaps. Um, oh my yeah. God. We just left the flaps bare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, everything was painted. That would be jarring. Yeah, so wow. it's just like a smooth, like a... Like a little a, bit of me wish I had the confidence to have done that because I'm like, why did I... like? I mean, I'm naked head today. Why not have full, fully nude? But I think the fear of having paint going inside yeah, me was all no. right. Also, we were on a raised catwalk. Everyone was sitting below us. And, and the catwalk was, was mirrored. Uh, yeah. It's like, that's going to be a lot of vulva. That's too much vulva. Yeah. <laughs> that's too much vulva. All the vulva. I'm yeah. all for a vulva, but that's just <laughs> that's a lot of vulva. Yeah, because yeah, uh, for me, it was quite a big deal because I never liked my boobs. So it was quite a big deal for me mm. to do that. So I was like, well, that's a good start. And then obviously now I'm whipping them out every opportunity. So It is so just cool that you guys did that. I don't think I could do that, you know. See, you, you could. I think you could because I didn't think I could. And before we went out, I was shaking. I was absolutely shaking. And I'm looking around and everyone's so excited and raring to go. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to do this. And then you get out and everything's just a blur. And obviously doing it with M was brilliant. And then we came back in, burst into tears, and it was just the most exhilarating thing I've ever done. I bet. You and then we had to do it, it again and two we more times. We did, did it three it? times, yeah. yeah. So you do by it the third time, time I was a pro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the pain had started to peel by the third time. So we were like, okay. Oh my God. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Vulvas to the wind. A little bit more oh. of an X-rated show by the end. <laughs> yeah, it was mad. That, that is really cool because you are like... You're very open on your Instagram as well about body confidence and body image. And that is such a huge thing to do, to like go out naked. You are naked. you are literally In naked. Because even though you're painted, like you can see your body, right? That is really cool. It was, yeah, it makes me laugh because I'm a lot more confident on the internet than I am in real life. Like, I'll always say, wear the shorts, you know, feel good, do all this. But it's, I mean, I'm a work in progress, 100%. And somehow I feel more confident taking my kit off in front of the internet than I am, (laughs) like, on the beach. But it's, I think it's the practice that gives you confidence. Yeah. So just have to walk down a catwalk naked a few more times will be fine. (laughs) I mean, we, Fulham Road is around yeah, the corner. <laughs> do you know, I think I'm the same, actually. I think I'm more confident on the internet. Although I, I do think, like London, all that shooting has, like, really fast-tracked me there. Yeah. But that's funny, isn't it, that we're more confident for, like, thousands of people Rather online. than a couple of your friends. Yeah, exactly, yeah. on the beach. Act, acting, to an extent, online. Yeah, you're fulfilling a role, and I guess. And you are controlling the narrative. And you're also yes. at home by yourself. Like, there aren't yeah. people at home. Like, there's not those thousands of people in your living room while you're making the content. It's just you and your phone. So when you post it, you're like, okay, cool, I've just yeah. sent something on my phone. Like, you don't see the people in front of you. You don't see their reactions and or yeah. what you expect in your head that a reaction would be. Yeah. Whereas when you're out and about, I think the fear yeah. of what other people think of you sometimes can take hold. Yeah. Your, what you share online is, um, like so valuable in what you do now because you say you are a work in progress but that's like 
the honesty that you've shared for your whole time I've known you online because it's not just your body stuff like you you started sharing your cancer recovery so then it's like I don't know if the relationship you have with the audience is, with your audience is like just so vulnerable like it like I don't know yeah. I feel when I look at your stuff it's just like it's your whole heart there yeah like, yeah, I don't, well, I was going to say, I don't have much of a filter, but I don't really hold too much back. But it's in, I mean, when I started my Instagram, it was when I was going through cancer and it was such, it was such an outlet for me to process feelings. I used it pretty much mm. as, as an everyday journal. And then it was lovely to connect with other people going through similar things. But I think because I've always used from that aspect, my Instagram as just somewhere that I can put out what I'm feeling or what I'm struggling with, I think that's just evolved with me so now it isn't just like cancer stuff if it's body confidence or menopause or mental health it's all like I just feel like it's a place that maybe I can be a bit more honest with myself than I can in another way if that makes sense so it almost holds you you accountable yeah a hundred percent yeah because I think I can I'm one of those people that can get really in my head and I let a lot of things that are on top of me or bother me or that I'm going through I'll keep it in and I then overthink it and I worry more about it whereas once you start talking about something it is it's you know it's like a problem shared as a problem halved and I really feel that with Instagram I think it's a wonderful place that if people feel like they need to talk about things or or get things off their chest or understand things a little bit better for them, that's a great space. And then in turn, obviously, it it hopefully helps other people feel a little bit lighter as well. A hundred percent, definitely. <laughs> Maybe. There or is... I've just given them all my problems. <laughs> <laughs> Fix me. Yeah. Help me. <laughs> no, totally. A hundred percent. I think people resonate with your content so much. And, and like whenever I share any of your stuff, I get so many messages being like... I love Georgie. And it's not Aww. just like, oh, Georgie's one. It's like, I love Georgie. Oh my God, I love them like, too. Like they really feel <laughs> close to and connected to you. And I, I do think it's because of that and because of your honesty. But it's so true about um, like holding things in and sharing them, isn't it? Like, mm. And I to this day, I find that, I find evidence of, of that in myself. You know, like I'll hold something in and be like, I don't want to burden, you know, Dave with that or whatever. Yeah. And my anxiety builds. And it then once it, it comes out, it's like a release. It makes it so much worse when you hold it in. And I just think in whatever format you can, just like let it out. I mean, most mm. of the time I'll, I don't know, probably I'll offload it onto M and I'm like, look, <laughs> I need to moan about this. Um, <laughs> this has been like one of the bravest things I think that you've done. And it is like, it's really weird saying this like interviewing, like, because we're like, we, I mean, we've got matching tattoos. We're like BFFs. So yeah, it's like, it is, yeah. class, so. Yeah. <laughs> it is weird. Can't get closer. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, it's weird, like, co commentating on like how you live your life because it's just because we're friends. But like, I think that's one of the, the bravest things that you do is obviously you recovered from stage four cancer, which is like the most, I mean, like, who, who does that? Um, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's so amazing. But then what you've done afterwards is share the realities of, of living after cancer, which you don't really see an awful lot of and definitely not online. And like you've shared your mental health, not just the ongoing health issues, like you now have to deal with the menopause and with infertility and with this, like, your gut. I mean, <laughs> tell the people what you're doing tomorrow, George. Yeah. <laughs> so tomorrow, Em isn't seeing my butthole, but someone else is. <laughs> um, I have got a wonderful trip to the colonoscopy lab. What do you call it? 
center. center. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, gonna be, that's gonna be a fun day for oh. everyone. But like you have the ongoing health ramifications, and you mm. share the honesty of that because it isn't all roses. But then you also have you also share the mental health side of things, which is the brave. Like I, ju- I just think it's the bravest thing ever. I don't know. Does it ever t- like I don't know. Tire is the right word, but like it's, I mean, it actually is brilliant to use the word tired because it is tiring like I feel tired with what's left over from cancer and there's a real internal battle of you know I was very lucky to get through cancer twice like not you know not a lot of people are that lucky and I should just focus on that and I should just be very grateful and very positive and think well I'm here and I am like 100% I am but there are days where I'm very tired with the stuff that's left over after chemo. And it is, you know, you go through cancer, it's isolating enough as it is. But when you're out the back, it's very much, you know, your hospital, your, you know, the people that supported you a lot maybe during cancer, like all these different things. Like obviously all those all those wonderful things are still there, but it's changing because you're not going through cancer treatment anymore. You are better, but you're left with a lot that then is quite heavy and that's I think for me is when I felt most isolated is because you're done with cancer so everyone kind of goes okay cool you're done jobs are good and um and that's probably when because when you're going through cancer like your head's down you're focused you're like you've just got little missions each chemo that's what you've got to do and then afterwards they're like okay be free now have fun (laughs) yeah um and you've then got to learn how to process things. So like going through the menopause, like no no doctors told me about that. And then obviously your infertility, your mental health, like all these different things, your gut health, which is a real treat. Um, and it is tiring. Like it is, there's no part of me wants to sit and talk about it all day. But at times you really have to, you have to get it off your chest. You have to just, just feel comfortable being like, look, this is what I'm going through. And on the days that you feel up to it, seek some support, seek someone to talk to. And on the days you don't, just moan about it a bit. Do you think people struggle to understand that you're not just like dancing on rainbows every single day? Yeah, I mean, look at me now from when I was going through treatment as well. You know, I've got long hair. I look a lot healthier. I am a lot healthier. I'm a lot more able than I was before. So all these things like you look at, I mean, it's like, you know you shouldn't judge a book by its cover because you don't actually know what's going on behind closed doors. And that's sort of what it is. And, you know, 90% of the time I'm perfectly fine. But this, I think, speaks for a lot of people. There's that little element of, well, they look really well, so I'm sure they're fine. But, you know, going through cancer is pretty traumatic for a hundred reasons. And then knowing that you're going to be fine and well, as I touch wood as I say that, (laughs) um... It's brilliant, but you are like you are left with a lot of stuff, and and there are days where you just need people to be like, "Can I cuddle your colon for you? <laughs> Please let me support you in some way." I'm never going to offer to cuddle your colon. That, I would do. My body had a physical oh, reaction. I would to that. do almost anything for you, but, but you cuddle, wouldn't cuddle my colon. Well, I would. Oh, you bitch. But I wouldn't like I it. Yeah, fine, I'll do it. Thank I'll you. Do it. <laughs> To be fair, I've asked a lot of them. I did also ask her that when I die, that she will sprinkle my ashes on her food. Yeah, she asked so, me to eat. Yeah, her. yeah. We so, talked about this. I'm so I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for you to sign up. Yeah, you can either have yes. the ashes or the colon. You pick. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't pick, you have to eat the colon. <laughs> oh. 
this oh my God. took a turn. On the worst thing, can I just interject this very serious conversation about you overcoming cancer and cuddling your colon? Um, because someone sent me a DM yesterday when I put up a photo of the mushrooms on toast. Someone sent me a DM because I said woof and she went, I once had sex with a guy on every pump he said woof. No. Stop it. No. Woof, woof, woof. Oh, no. What's the end one though? I want to know, like, did oh it, go, did it gradually yeah. get up or was it like monotone and then one uh, big howl? That's, I need more. This is a really big woof. very bad gorgeous okie dokie back to the super serious conversation (laughs) sorry um I (laughs) George is laughing (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) I can just picture it but the worst thing is is I'm also picturing it with him with a slice of toast with mushrooms now like like where did the mushrooms very bad okay Um, um, as you were sorry Al I I was going to say is I'm guilty as well of I think judging a book by its cover a little bit because whenever I've met you you you're all you're always like just delightful to see you're full, you're so smiley you're like it's like sunshine and rainbows oh, it's like stop. you're wonderful and you like you you've got a really lifting like positive aura oh, thank and you. then it was at M's Hindu and it was the first time that we had a proper in-depth chat and you told me everything about your cancer and and chemo and everything that came after it and I was like oh my God, like, this is so heavy. I knew it. I'd seen it on Instagram, but like hearing it firsthand from you, it's like, shit, this girl's gone through a lot (laughs) and continues to go through a lot, you know? But you are good, I guess, at being like, you you wouldn't know it by meeting you and like spending like surface level time with you. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like, I don't think most people, you know, hey, I'm Georgie, let me tell you about my mental health. (laughs) Um, and I just, and it's one, like, I don't want it to bother me every day. I mean, yeah. you know, obviously things are going to get on top of you, but like everyone else, you have good days, you have bad days, and some days you want to wallow. And... on your bad days, you're still <laughs> so warm and lovely. Like, Georgie walks through the house and it's just like the sunshine's in the house. Oh. And I'm going to come back more. I don't think energy. you realise that you have that effect, though, and I don't think you realise that you have that power as well, because, like, you are, without a doubt, the warmest person oh. I've ever known. I really appreciate that. Thanks. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I probably don't know if I agree entirely, but I just, I don't know. I've just always thought you have to try and just be positive to get through stuff and on the days, but that's the most unrealistic thing ever because I'm not positive all the time. And most of the time, the unpositive bit is, you know, home by yourself when you're having a little moment. And I've, I've just, I don't know. I just always think... I'm about to be like, oh, I don't want to pass my troubles on to other people. But I moan a lot. I really do. Not really. Oh, not properly. I, I think my mum would probably say otherwise. My mum's <laughs> like, Jesus, she's calling again. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Ignore. <laughs> um, for anyone who's listening who like doesn't know what, you, what you've been through, mm. would you mind telling them? Yeah, like, yeah like of the course. Um, I'll concise it down nice and quick. Um, so when I was, oh God, it feels like ages ago now, 26... I was diagnosed with stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, When I was diagnosed, it was very, very late because I'd ignored every warning sign my body was trying to show me. So if you're listening, 
go to the doctor if something's worrying you, please. Um, and yeah, so when I was diagnosed, it was all over my body. It's a form of blood cancer. It was in my neck, my chest, um, under my diaphragm. I had like a 30 centimeter tumor in my chest. Fucking I mean, I physically wow. couldn't breathe. And I was like, guys, it's fine. It's probably just tonsillitis. <laughs> oh my God. Got stitched. I was fine. like, guys, can we stop making a mountain out of a molehill? Um, Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And oh yeah, it was, you know, that's a ruler. It, yeah. 30 centimeters, isn't it? It was, I mean, how does it fit in there? Like there's a lot going, I mean, I say there's a lot going on. There's probably not a lot, but... <laughs> It was a lot. But yeah, I was diagnosed on a Thursday, in for chemo on the Friday. Really? Literally no time to even process. I remember going in with um, my mum and my dad and they're like, right, this is about to happen. You're going in for chemo. And I said to mum afterwards, like, they're in pieces. I'm going, right, we need to cut my hair. I want to get, because I had acrylic nails on, I want to get my nails off. I want to go get lots of PJs, lots of comfy stuff. And I was like, right, just go, go, go. And I think from that moment... It, especially my first um, cancer diagnosis, I was just very practical and very like, we just got to do what we got to do. And and I also wasn't that scared. Like I didn't want to go through it, but I didn't see it as life-threatening because I was told I was very late stage four, but it was very treatable. So the chemo that I was going to have was very aggressive, but the likelihood of being done within a year, which looking back, makes me laugh a little bit thinking I was going to do six months of chemo and then just be fine. Um, it was just in my mindset, it was just, okay, cool, we've got yeah. to do chemo. It's going to be absolutely horrific, but we're going to find the fun and just do what we can. Um, and then luckily I reached remission after the chemotherapy and everyone, so many people said to me, you know, you're going to think you're going to relapse all the time, every yeah. like little tickle in your chest. And I didn't. I thought, well, I've done my time. I've yeah. done my dues. It was horrific, but I'm done. And yeah, and so when I went in, I think it was for my three-month checkup. So it was about four months after I finished treatment. You have your scan. We'd booked a celebration dinner, like me and my parents. We were going to go to like a nice little restaurant on the river. We got all dolled up. Oh. I mean, it makes me laugh because every time I went to the hospital, my dad always wore a suit. Oh. And he doesn't, he never really wears suits. I've, I haven't oh. seen him in suits in years. But every time he went... He was in his suit, ready to talk to the doctor. Um, and yeah, literally, I mean, I could just see it on Prof's face when I walked in. He, I mean, I could see it in his eyes. And he was like, I'm really sorry. We're back on the wagon. It's back. And it was, when it came back, it came in. So your heart's in like a sack, apparently. And the cancer was in the sack. So it was a couple of like big operations to get biopsies and... And a lot more aggressive chemotherapy. Like I thought the first lot was tough, but the second one... 
I just didn't, I think it was probably felt tougher because I wasn't as positive. I think it was a case of I was meant to be done. And the second time was when I realised, oh, this this is scarier now. Right. Like this is actually a worry. Um, and I had to have a stem cell transplant, which was by far the most horrendous thing I've ever been through. Um, you're in hospital for just over a month and your body's essentially like broken down to be able to accept the new stem cells. So you get given like, um, oh, what's it called? Like high intensity chemotherapy. And it's just to essentially kill your immune system. And then you're given it and it's just, it's not, I mean, it's brilliant because it saves lives and I wouldn't be here without it, but it's, it's not the most fun. And it was during that process where there was a few days where they didn't know if I was going to come out the other side. And so, and now I've very much, I think that's probably where I got most of my trauma from was that like time period. And it's that treatment that um, puts you into the menopause and takes away your infertility and gives you all these wonderful gut problems. Well, so it is, so it's like super intense chemo. So it's a form of chemo that, so say if you just had that chemo and you didn't have a stem cell transplant, your body wouldn't be able to recover because they have to just, kill everything and yeah I mean to be honest a lot of my stem cell transplant I've blocked out I think there's a lot that happened in it that I just it no longer has space in my head and yeah so I I mean I was very lucky to come out the other side of that and and then it was just a case of rebuilding and it takes it takes a couple years and and I think probably one of the hardest things I'm okay. I'm well, not okay. Like I'm okay with the physical things. You know, I'm a lot more tired now. I've got marshmallows for brains, honestly. Like I think chemo's just done its thing. The gut problems I don't like, but I can get on with. But the frustrating thing is they tell you before your stem cell transplant, you know, you have to sign a lot of paperwork to say you understand that there's a high chance you'll be infertile afterwards. But no one talks to you about the menopause. No one says the infertility part means you're going to the menopause. No one told me that. Yeah. I just assumed it would just mean yeah, they, that, yeah. that they just didn't work anymore. And I think one of the hardest parts coming out of it now is being in the menopause and everything that goes with it, 100%. Were you talked to or given a chance to freeze your eggs or was it like, we have to go in straight away, there's no time? Yeah, so most people are. So a lot of people who had my cancer... Um, we're told you can freeze your eggs beforehand, which takes, I think, up to like a month maybe. Um, But because I was so far along, he said to me, he was like, if we let you do that, you'll die. Like there's no, I, it was actually, it just astounding because he said, if you'd seen us a couple of weeks later, we wouldn't have been able to help you. Like a couple of weeks. The gratitude of that like never leaves my head because I just think if, if I'd ignored it for like one more week, it's just in. It's just bonkers. I mean, to be honest, I should thank my mum because she made me go to the doctor. So, oh. mum, if you're listening, <laughs> thanks. Oh, um, I mean, that is a lot to process it's, and come to terms with. Yeah, like, there's got to be trauma in that, you know. Oh, I'm like I'm a mess. I really, I really, really am. But I'm. I also know you have to be grateful. And I think, I think that some days I don't feel it. Some days I'm like, um, but yeah, you just. I just have to focus on being grateful and I'm not going to like therapy does wonders. And I'm yeah. like, but you don't have to be grateful every day. No, I think God that's no. like, it's it's a big like saviour thing that you see on Instagram or like see online or just see in like in the rhetoric. And I guess like, I know it through my mum's involvement with Help for Heroes and I see it with you and, and you just, 
it's like this thing that's like, well, you're still alive, so what yeah, have you got yeah. to complain about? And it's like, but you went through hell and like you don't get to walk away from it because you still have to carry the burden of it every day yeah I think it's still really dealt like, bad hand yeah and that's I think one a of the really challenging things yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all right <laughs> um no it's I mean it's a well-known thing it's like survivor's guilt it's you know I spend most days wondering how come I'm here and you know yeah. a lot of my friends aren't it doesn't make sense but cancer doesn't make sense and I think once you get a hold of that in your noggin you can just realize look you can be grateful and still struggle and also think like how unfair because if you don't allow yourself to think like that you can I think a lot of negativity builds up and it's then a lot harder to deal with and it is I mean it's all relative whatever anyone goes through is their own experience and knowing that like you are allowed to sit there and go it is unfair it really yeah, helps it is unfair you yeah. have to express that yeah you can't you can't because you can do this for everything look at other people and go oh well at least I'm not that or you know I'm here so I should be grateful because it could have been this or it could like and I think you can do that with everything so as long as you just know everything is relative and you're allowed your own experiences and you're allowed your own feelings and emotions that really helps but also I just think if I wallow in it too much, I'll yeah. stay there. So it's it's a real balancing act because I've done, you know, the months where I've struggled a lot with my depression and felt really just mentally unable to continue. And if you, I don't know, if you stay there, and I know it's not a choice, like it wasn't a choice, I just woke up one day and went, <laughs> by depression. Yeah. But, I think you like it's just one of those things you have to allow yourself what you need but still focus on the positive. You still got to like find that light in in the shitty situations. Yeah. And you have found lots of lights. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, you just went to Canada. Exactly. Yes. Like there's so much like life is wonderful and it's one of those things I always just think obviously processing not being able to have kids is difficult and I know I'm sure a lot of people don't or won't think like this. But then I get, to, like, I look at the kids that are in my life. I mean, I look at Arlo and I'm like, you're my baby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not my baby, but you're my baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I get to be, you know, fun, hopefully. <laughs> old, old, <laughs> old Georgie. Achy <laughs> <laughs> auntie Georgie. Um, with a bad gut. <laughs> I don't need them knowing that. But yeah, like there are so many other wonderful things and I can just be the crazy old lady with like 20 dogs down the road. So Love that. This is super off topic. I went to the Dogs Trust yesterday <laughs> and one of the, what's it called? Like when they get a influx of dogs came from a lady who had 190 dogs. <gasps> she was a dog hoarder. Wow. 190. Oh, oh and some of them were pregnant. By the time all those puppies had babies, it was like 250. That's very bad. That's so That's bad. going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> the dog hoarder. How mad is that? There's going to be a Netflix so program at Georgie in yeah. 20 years' time. <laughs> Once with a blue tick, yeah. now <laughs> with 20 million dogs. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, sorry, so <laughs> That's too many. Hundred, yeah, yeah it's actually many. quite My sad. My mum's got five and it's too many. Yeah. It's just is too it? many. Is it? <laughs> but yeah, that's there we go. That's one way to be positive. Know that you can be surrounded by dogs at any given moment. I mean, the, what more could you want? <laughs> the 
coming to terms with being infertile mm. and knowing that you're not going to be able to have kids biologically, is that something that you processed at the time or is it something that you're you're processing like years later when it's it's processing you're out now. of the weeds kind of thing? Yeah. Like, I didn't I mean, you know, they give you these documents and they say you're gonna be infertile, sign it here. And you don't go, Oh, well, I'm not gonna have my cancer treatment then because then what's the point you're not going to be here anyway yeah because yeah. it's um, hypothetical yeah so like, you just yeah. don't you just don't because you're on such a mission at the time to go I need to get rid of this cancer I need to survive like that is my mission you don't think of anything else yeah. and then coming out of it I was still very unwell and it took me a long time to rebuild and and I just it just didn't really cross my mind until life started getting a little bit back to normal post-COVID and you're out and about more and you're seeing people more and friends around me now are starting to have kids or have kids. Yeah. And it's those which probably, it's it's probably those reasons why I think of it more is because I'm seeing people get pregnant. I'm seeing people have their babies. And it's, and it's I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world, but it's difficult. Yeah. I think there was an influx. It must, it may be around when, when Arlo was born or just before and a few of my other friends were having babies so I'm going into all the shops and I'm, I'm like dead excited. Yeah. Little baby clothes and little tiny hats and socks. Like that just makes my heart melt. But it was weirdly triggering which I didn't realise it was going to be. So I didn't go in the shop being like, oh, oh, this is tough. I was so excited and I was picking these things up and I remember I was standing with Kyle and I just lost it. Absolutely lost it. And I was like, and I could understand why I had the feelings, but it wasn't sad. It was like it wasn't something that I was going in thinking it was going to be sad. And it's moments like that. But I never want, and I've, I mean, I've, I've said this to Em and and all of my friends. I never want because I actually had, I can't remember who it was said like they didn't know how to tell me that they were pregnant. And I don't want anyone ever being like that. I want to be as overly involved as I can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so I think it's probably, it weighs a lot more now. But even if, even if I could have kids now, I wouldn't be having kids. And so I, I try and say to myself, well, don't worry about it now. Worry about it in the future. But obviously that doesn't, that doesn't work. That but, old trick. I know. Yeah. Meet the rug. Let me yeah. just sweep you underneath. I, I call that worry under. scheduling, yeah. actually. Right? <laughs> like, if I could just put this off for a little bit, then I will. Um, but no, it's... Yeah. it's it's funny, like it's it's difficult to talk about because it's something that does affect me and it does make me very sad. Um, but I, but yeah, I think I'm trying in my head to just go, don't worry about this now, which yeah. never, never helps anyone. But it's just not something that I think anyone goes into knowing that you're going to grow up not being able to have kids. Like it's not something that you ever really question and when it does happen I think it throws you and you've just you've got to allow yourself the feelings like I I've tried to just go you know don't let it bother you or don't think about it or yeah. or it'll be fine or you could do this and all these different things but at the end of the day you're having not only like your choice taken away but something that I think a lot of people do they grow up and just assume they're going to have kids right it's just part and parcel of it um and so it's just it's grieving you've just got to grieve the loss of something that you're not going to have and I've, it's just a process I think and it's something that it's probably I mean I don't know if it'll ever go away but I don't know it just it's a process it's a journey 
Um, and also, I could just take Arlo and run really quickly. We do look quite similar. I don't think you anyone do. would. <laughs> I'll wait till she's on solids and I'll take her. Because <laughs> right now she'd starve. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I mean, there's got to be so many people listening having in, like fertility struggles for whatever reason. And it's sadly very common. And it's just something that I don't think, I mean, I, I struggle to feel com- comfortable talking about it. And I generally talk quite a lot about a lot of stuff. And if I struggle, there's probably a lot of people listening that struggle even more. So I think the biggest thing is just make sure you're not suffering in silence. You've got to, you have to talk to people about it. And even if that, because I mean, my friends like probably don't understand. And if I can just say, look, I don't need a solution. I just need to be heard. I think that's very important I actually wanted to ask for your advice on this not for me personally mm. but for everyone listening because we've had this a few times is it just me questions people who are pregnant but don't know how to tell friends that are struggling to conceive infertile yeah. um probably other things as well but what is I mean I, I guess you can only speak for you personally yeah. but what would you say is the best approach like we kind of butchered an answer where we said you know maybe text them first give them a heads up before you tell them in person but like what would what for you for you feels like the best um the the best way to be told and and like kept in the loop like you said yeah it's I I I mean like I said like it's difficult because this can only be like my experience and I know a lot of people may not want this but for me is I just don't want to be treated any differently yeah I want to know the same way everyone else knows and because I won't bring any of my feelings or or you know upsetness help me sadness (laughs) thank you um like I wouldn't bring any sadness that because I'm so excited and I'm so happy and it just fills my heart with joy and then it just maybe I mean the truth of it is and it sounds quite depressing but the truth of it is is that person's probably having a cry on the way home in their car but by themselves right and so for me it's I don't want to be treated any differently like the feelings that I'll have are still going to be there but I wouldn't personally I'm I'm not going to let it take away from the joy I feel for like my friend or my loved one or someone else because it's incredible and I think I actually I, I think I saw a post from someone on Instagram a while ago and they said how they didn't really want to know all their friends, you know, having babies and all of this. And and I completely understand it when you're struggling. But for me, I just think how sad. Like, why allow what's sad that's happening to you make everything else sad? I don't know that. I didn't describe that very well. I mean, like, why, if I'm going to be sad about something, why don't I find light in something else? Mm. It feels like wishing that those around you aren't having babies too and I'd never want that. Yeah. yeah. I remember you saying at the t- at the time when I was pregnant that you, mm. and it was actually before because we had another friend who got pregnant and we talked about it. Because yeah, obviously when I got pregnant, it was like, I think I told you, like, I mean, I've got a video. <laughs> I think I told you like, I mean, before I, before my, before my mom. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm in. Sorry, yeah. Francine. <laughs> um, yeah, I told you so soon because I had that, ringing in my mm. ears that you were like I, you know I don't want to be any different I was like well obviously you're one of my yeah. best friends that you have to know now but 
for, from the other, you know, I'm so aware that it's a sadness and it's like, it's a, it's a really like, it makes me cry because it's just, it's so like, it's, it's just so unfair and I'm so sorry because it's like, I, and I know you and I know you want to be so happy for your friends, but you're also sad for you and it's just, that, that's a horrible thing. It's, yeah, it's tough. It's actually tough having this conversation with a friend who's had a baby right. because as much as I want to say, you know, I want to, because no different, I want to be there, I want to celebrate, I want to be there for everything. And then having to say, but, you know, you're probably going home and having like a little cry in your car. Saying that in front of people who know yeah, you. Yeah, It's very difficult because I don't want anyone around me to think that what they're doing is upsetting me. I don't me. think that. Okay, good. I don't think that. Like, George, you've seen Georgie and I, like, Georgie and Ali's love is like, like my little best so friend, pure. But... <laughs> it's just the best. So I don't think that at all. And I want you to be as in her life as you want, you know, as you are. And it's like heaven. But I, I did. Because I can't be yeah. <laughs> stealing her. But I don't want, I, you know, like, I just, I know, I, and I know that you have this sadness and I, I hate that and I'd do anything to take it away from you and I'm just so sorry. No, no, I no, and I, I really appreciate that. I re- I'm trying so hard to just not let the tears out because I know if I start, <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna I'm, like, I'm like strategically <laughs> just gone. looking at the ceiling because I'm like, if I look at people, I'm going to cry. And if I cry, it just won't stop, guys. It'll be a very, very unpleasant episode for everyone. <laughs> do you, know, do you um, know what I think is really powerful that you said, though, that you explained is that the joy and the sadness is not mutually exclusive. They can, they they can, can both coexist. exist. And I think that is so important and you can't speak for everyone and other people might not feel this way I, I don't know yeah there, there are situations like different situations around mm. infertility and I know it can be just so hard but I think that is so important for like people to to hear that they can coexist and yeah I think that's like really nice for people on both sides of yeah of that to like hear and, and understand yeah no so it's, I think that's really cool it's so true they can coexist I mean it's one of the things I think if you allow if you allow a negative feeling to just be all consuming it's going to be a lot harder to get through your life like that and you're ending up or the way I feel is that I would end up just being a very negative person and I don't want that so you have to you have to just see if you can find the joy in the things because also yeah it sucks if something happens to you and and I don't like what's happened but if I'm going to be unhappy for other people having their babies, it's kind of like wishing the same thing on them. And that makes no sense to me. I'd rather everyone have all the babies or, or I mean, maybe maybe like a few. I don't know. How many, 190. How, how, yeah, 190 babies. Um, because that's, that's also life. Like, sadly, you know, there are some things that I can't have that someone else can. There's some things that someone else can't have that I can. And I think you just you just have to try and... I guess as well, and I'm speculating Mm. here, I'm thinking out loud, but I guess as well there is maybe, maybe a bit of peace in that you have a definitive answer. It's not like you could try and do that rounds and rounds and rounds of IVF, but it's, it's, it's clear cut for you. Well, and that's it. Like, I think that like knowing that it's just not an option and there is, and you know, I'm... I'm a bit funny like this because some people are like, well, if you can't have kids, you can just do this. You can just adopt. Yeah. Like you can, and sometimes I'm like, shut up. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Let me, I'm like, yeah, let me have enough. this feeling. Like, sure, yeah, down the line, yeah. who knows? But you don't want solutions. Yeah, you like, don't yeah. want a solution. But, yeah. And it's not a solution either. It's a compromise. Well, and that's it. And like, but then on the flip side, I'm like, but at least I know 
that those are my options. Mm. At least I know that I can't personally yeah. do this, but there are the, there are other things. Whereas someone who is going through like IVF and doing all of this and going through lots of rounds, like the challenge, like yeah. of course there's grief and sadness in both, but I just think that is just such like a, it's like the what if yeah. that just, it's so much and I have so much empathy because anyone and but also I mean I I say I have so much empathy for anyone with any form of infertility struggles like geez having a baby is tough too like it just seems like a lot you've said that the whole way through that's the other thing it's like when you say like you want to be there for all of it you have been and are the most amazing friend like like, to everybody all the time because you're the tits but you know like even You've. I've never felt with you, and you would have every fucking right if anyone ever came to you with a cold to be like, <laughs> "I've had stage four cancer. So here's your tissue. You blow your nose. <laughs> but like, whatever anybody brings to you, it's never felt like misery Olympic-y. I'm like, know? lol. <laughs> That's what you've got. Put the fucking time in, bitch. Um, you know, like I could because sometimes I'd be like, the last thing I'd want to say to you is just like, "Oh, I've got whatever." Like. But you're always like, you're doing your lane, my lane. Like, but it is, it's so relative. And like, it. I mean, to be fair, even when I get a cold now, like I am the most dramatic person. Yeah, but you person. get colds badly because you've had an immune, like, don't they you are, my colds are much yeah. worse than everyone else's. <laughs> <laughs> but I deserve the most. Um, no, but it's, I mean, it is like, I, like everything is relative. Like, no, I mean, even me and someone else who had the same cancer have had different, experiences like there's there's no comparison between two people's lives and I think don't get me wrong there's definitely a time when I was maybe like fresh out of treatment I don't don't know someone told me they were tired I'd be like lol (laughs) yeah (laughs) like I'm tired actually understandable yeah but I think when you actually think about it you're like I mean we're both tired yeah Yeah, we can both be tired in our own right because what you feel and what I feel there's never, I mean, I could like, I don't know, pinch you and the way you feel that is going to be different to how I feel that. We could try it. No. <laughs> Go on then. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> I'm weak. <laughs> I've had cancer. I've had cancer, don't hurt me. Um, no, I know. No, that's, yeah, that's um, lovely. You're so incredibly compassionate and... Eh, on a good day. So, <laughs> no, you are, George. Like, you so do resilient. yourself down. Like, every day. I've, like, I speak to you like, every day of my life and you're never anything, but like occasionally a little bit grumpy, but you're the only one that suffers for your grumps. <laughs> like, you'd never inflict <laughs> on anyone else like she's grumpy but she just ruins her own day exactly like, I just need a good moan then I'm fine oh like, I could never I have to ruin everyone else's day too I could never I'm feeling sour therefore yes everyone Let's else around me will hear about this no you oh, are dear. incredibly compassionate incredibly resilient oh, and just thank you. like we said before a ray of sunshine oh, I'm coming back more often this has been a treat I mean <laughs> I have sweaty palms from tough topics but other than that this has been lovely <laughs> <laughs> sweaty pubs from tough topics. That. That's, a, that's a podcast name in itself. <laughs> that's so adorable. Sweaty pubs from tough topics. We love you. I love you thank guys. Thank you so much. No, it's Thanks been for a in. real privilege. So thank you very, very much. You're a star. You. Everyone has to go and follow Georgie on Instagram. She You'll is. know it's her. Because she's got a blue tick. Yes, she's got a blue tick. Blue tick, baby. She is at Georgie E. Swallow on Instagram. 
go follow her. She's gorgeous. And yeah, thanks so much for coming. Love you. Love you. Should I delete that? It's part of the ACAST Creator Network. 